Come on. Welcome, Life Club. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Jim Tucker. Jim, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you on. Jim is a CFP. He is a CRPS. He's an MBA, and he is a wealth advisor with Tucker Berea Wealth Strategies. Jim, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Fantastic. Well, uh, I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I consider myself a lifetime admissions mistake. I have an undergraduate degree from Duke <laughs> University and a uh, MBA from Harvard. Uh, I, even though I got in possibly uh, uh, through uh, crazy means, uh, I think I use the time well and uh, and uh, am now able to pass that along to other people. I am married with uh, two boys who are uh, in their early 20s. So I went through the teenage years relatively unscathed as a parent. Uh, and that's, I guess, what what is... Uh, hope, hope to uh, for, and uh, really have had a a, a wide ranging uh, a professional career uh, in both uh, traditional uh, means with uh, commercial banking, investment banking, uh, being part of uh, a, a couple of startups, and then uh, in early two thousands, I uh, transitioned over to becoming a uh, financial advisor because I always like to say it was much easier just asking people for money than doing a business plan plan and asking people for money, which I. I did as an entrepreneur. So, so asking people for their money is, is a great profession. I really have enjoyed it. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. So are, are, are you still a, a Duke supporter? Are you tied in with, 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 with Duke still? And if so, feelings on coach K's retirement. Well, thank you. So, so uh, yes, uh, I was a swimmer. I was an athlete at Duke. So, uh, and I actually came in at roughly the same time that Coach K came in. I got to experience his one in 13 uh, first ACC season and then <laughs> uh, experience everything that's happened since then. So, uh, very much, uh, you know, uh, sort of by accident living here now in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, uh, but uh, have, have come and, and have had a great opportunity to stay involved uh, with uh, the Duke community. And uh, what I can share with you is that uh, uh, I'm excited for John Shire uh, to come in. Uh, it's never good to go right after the GOAT, uh, but uh, hopefully uh, this will be a, a great opportunity for Duke and, and for John. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. So not dissimilar, you as a financial advisor coaching and helping people to, to reach their, their financial potential but some folks don't necessarily work with financial advisors. I think a vast majority or a majority of the people here in the United States will not ever work with it, work with an advisor. So they're, do, so they're sort of DIYing it. How, how do you think about that? Well, that's great. I, I think uh, in many cases, it's perfectly fine to, to do it yourself. Uh, I, what uh, I'm always curious about is when people say financial advisors cost you money, um, I don't see many people who need um, uh, you know, a, uh, an arm repaired or, or health uh, deciding to do their own medical care themselves. So it, it's appropriate at times uh, to hire someone and pay them uh, to, do, uh, to do or help you uh, coach you, as you said, uh, Georgia, with uh, your uh, financial and wealth advisory needs. Now, before I get there, I'd like to, to sort of talk about foundations. So there are certain foundations that everyone needs to have, irrespective of whether you use a financial advisor or a professional or whether you do it yourself. 
The first is uh, really to uh, go ahead and uh, look at uh, your budgeting. So as Dave Ramsey says, make sure that the month uh, doesn't uh, run out, or that, but your cash doesn't run out before your money does. Uh, we're here to, uh, talking on April 26th, so hopefully you still have some uh, money uh, to handle the last few days of April. The other piece is uh, insurance. Uh, insurance is nothing more than protecting against uh, 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 a catastrophic uh, event. I like to think of uh, insurance and the catastrophic events starting with uh, HDL. So HDL, everyone uh, knows, and cholesterol is a good cholesterol. So HDL in the insurance world is, uh, uh, is health insurance, disability insurance, and life insurance. Um, you know, health insurance, obviously medical insurance, uh, disability insurance is the one type of insurance, both short-term disability and long-term disability, that it's really cost prohibitive uh, to, to go out and get it yourself for most individuals. Uh, pretty much everyone, if you have disability insurance, it comes through your employer. And then, of course, life insurance, uh, you know, protecting against uh, uh, the catastrophic event. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about uh, the importance of term life insurance for many people a little bit later on. And then the second part of the foundation in, in insurance is what I call HUA. That's home uh, umbrella and auto uh, home insurance. Obviously, people know that. And if you are still renting, uh, get renter's insurance. It's very inexpensive to protect your personal belongings. Uh, umbrella insurance is probably the one that many people may not know uh, after auto insurance. Umbrella insurance basically protects you beyond just uh, the other types of insurances you have. So uh, having two teenage boys, that, that's obviously a, a good time when they start driving to have, uh, uh, to have uh, uh, you know, some, uh, some additional uh, coverage. And what typically happens with insurance companies is that they require you to up your auto insurance first uh, before you get your uh, umbrella insurance. And that's because many uh, personal liability events come from a car accident. So, so just understand if you're not familiar with umbrella insurance, that, that that is something that you'll be asked to raise your auto insurance first, potentially, and then get a, an umbrella insurance, which for a million, two million, three million dollars is just a, of, of coverage uh, is just a, a couple hundred dollars. So well worth it. Okay, so that's sort of the background on foundations. Now let me switch over to when should you use a financial advisor? Um, a number of my clients have come to me because they just plain didn't have the time to do it themselves. Uh, you know, for the most part, uh, if you don't have the time to do it yourself, if your uh, financial life is bothering you, uh, and that's not a function of complexity. If it's just bothering you and you, you need someone, a professional, to come in and look at uh, what you do uh, and how you're on track, hopefully, uh, that's, uh, that's the time uh, to reach out for a financial advisor. Uh, so basically, if you don't have the time, you don't have the interest, you're concerned that you don't are comfortable doing it yourself. Um, there are other times when I'm just gonna share that uh, you probably need to get a financial advisor. And I call these some of the mistakes that, that uh, people who are starting out and or are young uh, in growing uh, their uh, wealth is uh, if you haven't, if you don't have a plan for retirement savings. So basically anyone who's young and even into your forties and fifties, you wanna have a Roth 
retirement account. And that's usually either through your 401k at work, through your employer, or also you can uh, set that up uh, individually. Um, If you have not started to save for retirement, uh, that's when you may want to uh, get a financial advisor. Uh, And then uh, secondly, if you've ever gone to cash when the market has scared you, that's a time to find a financial advisor. I like to say uh, at Tucker Bria that uh, our job is to be unemotional uh, investors uh, when the market is going crazy, sort of like it is right now. And so if if you're someone who likes to go to cash because you're nervous, uh, that is absolutely a time to, uh, to possibly look for a financial advisor professional. And then, uh, and then I'm going to get on a soapbox here, George. So uh, you know, push me off if it's not a good thing to do. But if you've ever bought life insurance other than term life insurance, as you've uh, started uh, your family and started to, to uh, need insurance coverage, that that uh, that HDL, that life insurance piece uh, of there, if you've uh, been convinced to take. Uh, whole life insurance or anything other than term insurance, uh, that uh, would be a time to find a financial advisor. And you mentioned I'm a CFP, a certified financial planner. And those are uh, the individuals who can help or typically are the ones who can help you uh, with uh, identifying uh, a lot of things beyond just investments. But the reason uh, that I'm such a proponent of term life insurance is because all like all insurance is to protect against a catastrophic event. Nothing more, nothing less. So if you know someone who is 42 and they have an untimely death, uh, the catastrophic event is not that they didn't save enough for retirement. It's that they potentially died without having the largest and maximizing the death benefit for their family. So basically, Any time an insurance professional says to uh, you that uh, you want to have a savings component in your life insurance, that's where I step back and I say that's not appropriate for most people because the catastrophic event of dying early is not that you haven't saved enough for your retirement, it's that you haven't maximized the death benefit that's available to your surviving spouse, to your kids, uh, that uh, to pay off the mortgage, all those things. Uh, and so with that, uh, uh, you know, just uh, again, uh, to summarize, uh, you want to find a financial professional, a financial advisor who has the right credentials. Uh, and I believe the certified financial planner, the CFP credential is fast becoming the weed out credential. Um, you want to uh, find them if you're too busy, or if you're uncertain, and certainly have, uh, if you've fallen into one of the, the fairly common mistakes that I went over. I appreciate all that. It certainly does make sense. Something that really stuck out for me as, as, as you're sharing that was we need to be interested in order to do a good job. And it's okay to not be interested in doing every aspect of our financial lives, right? Because it is a lot and there is a lot of complexity. And I think sometimes we think, okay, well, I can handle all all of my money stuff, but but I think it's really important to be honest and say, do I really want to spend the time that it's going to take to do this? 
Well, right. So, so uh, I have very limited uh, trade uh, abilities. Like I can't put in a floor. I can't barely <laughs> uh, change a light bulb. So I, I know my weakness. I, I, what I say is I have strengths in other areas and uh, I'm, I'm perfectly happy uh, to pay an electrician, to pay uh, someone to lay uh, a tile floor, uh, because I just uh, don't want to be the one doing it myself, partly because of time and partly because of skill level. So absolutely, uh, you know, don't be upset that you're not comfortable or not able to do it. Uh, but then when you get in front of, financial, of a, a financial professional, if they make you feel stupid, uh, get to the door as quickly as possible. What I always like to say to clients and prospects is that if you don't understand something I'm saying, that's my fault. And I have to be much clearer to, to take what can be a complex uh, idea and, and uh, make it easily understandable, translated into English, as all industries have uh, their uh, financial, in our case, the financial language, to, to make it in, turn it into English. And if you don't understand something, uh, then it is my fault as the financial professional that, that I did not explain it clearly. I think that that's well said. Do you think that that, that almost presumed I don't want somebody to think that I don't know what I'm doing or that I'm dumb stops them from approaching a financial professional? Well, um, I haven't seen that, George, as much as I've seen an, uh, clients come to me after they've been with an, another individual or another someone who was going to help them, and they've made one of those mistakes. So they didn't want hmm. to uh, feel stupid when someone told them to get an annuity, even though they didn't understand it. When, when you know, I ask a lot of times, well, well, what was the thinking behind getting a whole life insurance product where you only had you know, $300,000 of uh, uh, death benefit coverage when you could have gotten a term uh, insurance policy where you might have had a million dollars of coverage. So, so those are for the same dollars. So, so those are the types of things. I, th I think that uh, it, it, it's very much a function of uh, getting in with the wrong, uh, the wrong professional. Uh, if you go to an insurance professional for your financial advising, you're going to be sold insurance. That's what they do. If you go to a CFP who is uh, more holistic, handles in investments and, and, and insurance and other things such as I do at Tucker Bria, then you really have someone who's not wedded to only one product or, or, or type of solution, type of strategy for what you're trying to accomplish. What do you like about, what is it about the Roth option that, that, that you prefer or like? Sure. So, so uh, and I will uh, do a caveat that here is where uh, very competent uh, tax professionals, CFPs, and financial advisors are wired differently. Um, CFPs uh, are absolutely, uh, you know, we are, and I may have said CFP and said CPA, but, uh, but uh, CPAs, the tax professionals are wired to save their clients taxes in the current tax year. Uh, as a CFP, my objective is to look beyond the current tax year. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll share one story and, and then the, the, the difference, and let me just sort of, before I share the story, step back and say that what a Roth IRA is, 
is where you put in after-tax dollars into an account. And then as it grows over time, when you take the money out, uh, that money is tax-free. Whereas if you put money and save in a traditional IRA or traditional 401k, then you're putting in money pre-tax. And then when you take the money out, it's taxed. So uh, with that, that's where this, the, the CPA believes, hey, put money in the traditional IRA, you save your taxes this year. And then as, a, as the financial professional, the, the, the CFP, I step back and say, okay, I have sat down with a 78-year-old widow. Uh, she had a 500, 000, roughly a $500,000 uh, traditional IRA. I told her when I was younger and, and not as diplomatic as I would be now, <laughs> uh, young in the profession, I said, well, you realize that $500,000 account is really only worth $375,000 mm. because of the taxes that have to come out. Um, the look on her face was panicked, quite frankly. And so uh, I try and uh, avoid those uh, or, or anticipate those you know, in retirement uh, making sure you know what your account value is actually worth. Now, you don't. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing. Um, I truly believe that you can have, say, half in a Roth and half in a traditional uh, uh, IRA or four hundred one k. It doesn't have to be all or nothing, and that's one of the things when you go to your employer. And most employers today permit the Roth savings option. That was not always the case. It's probably been available for maybe eight or nine years now, and probably in the last three to five, most employers now offer a Roth 401k option in addition to a traditional 401k option, which is basically a pre-tax option with traditional or an after-tax option with the Roth. And so go to your HR department, uh, figure out, and again, it's not an all or nothing. You can do you know, 50% in the traditional, 50% in the, the Roth or any combination uh, that you choose. I like it. I appreciate it. Well, Jim, if people are ready for that difference-making tip, what do you have for them? Okay, great. Well, I have two. So the first is really uh, continuing on the 401k option is don't allow the complexity to get in the way of investing. I love the set it and forget it options that you have in, in a 401k plan. A lot of plans have what are referred to as the retirement target date funds. Those are good. I don't like them as well as the asset allocation fund, where you basically decide, okay, I'm a, I'm a moderate investor, I'm an uh, aggressive investor, and then you find that asset allocation uh, one fund that might be invested 80% in the stock market and 20% in cash and bonds or 60% in stocks, you know, 40% in, in cash and bonds. So the set and forget it option uh, allows you to go off and do other things that you're good at and not have to worry uh, about, oh, do I need to make a change in my 401k investing? You can do it once and you literally can set it and forget it. Then for uh, the more, uh, uh, Maybe the, the individuals, your listeners who have uh, more savings, a little bit more complexity, uh, start researching direct indexing as a way to reduce your taxable investment uh, 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 
issues that come up around tax time. So basically direct investing in taxable accounts is a way to uh, create tax losses while you're still growing uh, your, uh, your investments. So uh, set it and forget it and direct indexing. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on, Jim, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can they engage with you? The easiest way is to go to our website. It's tuckerbria.com. That's uh, T as in Tom, U-C-K-E-R, B as in boy, R as in Robert, I as in India, A as in apple.com. There you have a link to my YouTube channel, Creating Family Wealth, uh, as well as uh, some uh, uh, articles that I've written and uh, have been picked up by uh, you know, various uh, publications uh, around the country. So again, George, thank you so much for your time uh, and for, for allowing me to come on. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Jim your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to tuckerbria.com. It's T-U-C-K-E-R-B-R-I-A.com. And then find Jim's YouTube channel as well and check out the articles that he has written and get in touch. Thanks again, Jim. I appreciate it. Have a great day. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.